The Bible says, Whosoever shall confess Jesus as Lord shall be what? Saved. So Lordship comes before salvation. You confess him as Lord and then he saves you. So when you're in a situation, you accept his Lordship and you see salvation. Hearing God starts with surrendering, not trying to care a small silver. Because if you haven't surrendered and you have a small silver, you will hear your mind in a small silver. Amen. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the presence of your spirit in this place. We thank you for the birth of this congregation. We thank you what you have in store for them. We thank you for the glorious things that shall come out of this ministry that shall make a strong impact, not just on this city, but on this nation and across this nation all over the continent of Africa and beyond. We thank you for this and we give you praise. As we go into your word, I ask that utterance be granted unto me, that I speak as your oracle, that your word goes forth unhindered by any demonic spirit and your purpose be fulfilled in our lives through it. In Jesus' name, amen. We all be seated and thank you once again for, for the honor. Well, your pastor said you connected earlier and I didn't know. I, I knew you. Where is he? I knew you. You used to walk down Jumbo Road to church. Now. I used to see you now walking down. So I said, what did you I didn't know you. All right. I knew you. All right. All right. Um, this evening, I will just um, share a particular point that God has laid in my heart and then we pray and I want in kicking off or inaugurating a ministry at its birth it's important that um, the word spoken and taught at an inaugural service uh, by the spirit of God is something that should be kept in the hearts of the people uh, because God uh, deliberately is referring to things that will shape the ministry. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 1, God says here, yeah, All the commandments which I command thee, this day shall you observe to do, that ye may live and multiply, and go in the land which I swore unto thy fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way in which the Lord God, Lord thy God, did lead thee forty years in the wilderness. The purpose was to humble you and to prove you to know what was in thine heart, whether thou will keep his commandments or not. The living Bible translation, I like it best, says, I was humbling you to know how you will respond, whether to my commandments or not. And then it says, I humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger, fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that it may make thee know that man does not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God doth man live. So it says here that I took you through things to know how you will respond to them. Whether your response to them will be according to my instruction or you will yield unto your flesh in responding to things. Now, detailed research have shown that the most crucial factor between people that succeed and fail at the assignment is how they respond to things. In other words, how do you respond when he says, I'm taking you through things? When you experience disappointment, when things don't, like the Bible says, as soon as the word was sown, and none with joy, but when trials and tribulation came up for the sake of the word, their response was that they got offended and yielded to the flesh, and they didn't respond unto it by listening to the instruction of God. So God is saying, you go through things, the secret is this, respond according to what I instruct you to do, and not yielding to your flesh. That's the test. People treat you in a certain way. God cannot guarantee that, in fact, it's not anywhere, that you, you will not be hated by men. He never said everybody will love you. He never, he said all kinds of things will happen. You have no control over that. But you have control over how you respond to it. And how you respond to it is what will determine the outcome. You cannot, all right, God doesn't guarantee that if you are in an office, that every promotion exercise, your name will be there. He doesn't even guarantee as a believer that if in an office they decide to lay people off, your name will not be included in it. But what he guarantees you is this. If after you experience something you consider to be a setback and you are slightly disappointed, and instead of just reacting to it, you take time out to find out what is in his heart and listen to his next instruction, and you carry out the instruction in terms of responding to that thing the way God has stipulated, he said, what will come out of it will be ultimate victory. And that in all these things that people look at, setbacks, slight disappointments, in all of them is pregnant with things for your destiny. If you respond correctly to them, they toiled all night and caught no fish. They were disappointed. That situation was pregnant with the color of Jesus upon their lives 
taking them out of the fishing business, turning them into apostles. They're writing letters in the word of God. They haven't been part of our thrones in heaven into eternity, started out by some little disappointment of going out, toiling all night, catching nothing. But the response, which means the next thing they did, Jesus showed up in all the irritation, in all the frustration, they still responded correctly and lent Jesus their boat and pushed Jesus into the shore there for him to teach and sat patiently and it was that response, correct one, that opened up the door. So your response to things is where the power is, which means it's not what happens, but how you respond. That they sold Joseph. Joseph responded correctly. Because even in that which you consider to be negative, God was working out his own eternal plan in his depth there that was beyond the feelings of Joseph. But the cooperation that God needs is that when he instructs you on it, you respond to that thing exactly the way he tells you to respond. He said, I can't stop you from hating you. But your response is to do good to them. I can't stop people, right, for cursing, but your response is to bless them. I can't stop people from despitefully using you, but your response is to pray for them. If you respond the way I tell you to respond to things, it says, then the outcome will be things that you are not even thinking about that God will do exceedingly abundantly above. So at every juncture of this ministry, what you need to do is to respond correctly to the things that come. Don't respond in anger. It says, be slow to wrath, be quick to hear, be slow to speak. Don't just hastily talk, be quick to hear. It is what is happening is deeper than what's going on on the surface. And if you pick up what the Holy Ghost is saying, and you respond to that particular thing exactly the way the Holy Spirit wants you to respond to it, then a massive thing to happen. The second thing about this is that he compared this instruction that he will give to manna. Now, the character of manna was that you couldn't take yesterday's manna until today. You couldn't take manna of today and keep it and eat it tomorrow. In other words, you must always have what is called the proceeding revelation from God. With every situation comes a fresh instruction. In other words, the promise remains the same, but the instruction differs at every juncture there. So the promise that Moses stood on was exactly the promise Joshua stood on, which was the promise that God made to Abraham and to his seed in terms of the promised land. But when Moses stood before the Red Sea, there was an instruction that came to Moses on what to do. When Joshua stood before the Jordan, same what they were standing on, but the instruction differed. So you cannot use yesterday's instruction to meet tomorrow's challenge. You can confess the promises of God you had yesterday, but you have to hear the instruction of today's challenges today. So there must be what is called the proceeding revelation that comes out of God. Constant fellowship with God. The instruction to part the Jordan was different from the instruction to deal with the walls of Jericho. The promise was the same. You are going to have victory. 
but the instruction differed. And God is saying it's in that instruction there, which means the way and manner in which you respond to things and making sure that you listen every time you come somewhere, you listen, you confess his promises, but listen to the commandments that he will give you. So this is crucial and important. It says, he that worketh miracles among you, how is he doing it? By the hearing of faith. It's, it's the instructions that they are hearing that they are carrying out. The ministry of Jesus was built on this. That's why Mary the mother at one point at the beginning, which was the first miracle he ever did. And the law of first mention in scripture means the first shows the pattern for the rest. Mary told the whole of humanity, this is the key to manifestation. Whatsoever he tells you, do it. The key to manifestation, if it looks impossible, just listen to him. Whatsoever he tells you to do, go ahead and do it. And you are going to see the glory of God. So don't go into life reacting to things. Go into life listening. Don't go into life yielding to your flesh. Go into life, all right? Ministry is a journey. And you will meet with different kinds of challenges. In fact, the, the challenge of success is more difficult than adversity. All right? Because when you toil all night and cut nothing, at least your boat is intact, your net is intact. When they went out and received instruction and they caught an abundance of fish, the Bible says their boat began to sink and then their nets broke. Now, if they didn't listen to the instruction that it wasn't about the fish, get out of this and come and catch men and they stayed with that abundance, not hearing the instruction, they would have sunk with the abundance. So when things begin to happen, you have to. That's why when the man's ground brought forth plenty, that wasn't the problem. The problem was his response to the plenty. He said, now, wrong response. I will go and build bands and then put it. Then I'll go. He said, today your soul will be required. What is the instruction? God was the one that caused the abundance to come. But the minute the abundance came, you should have listened to God. What was this abundance about? So in adversity, you listen your way out. In, in growth, you listen deeper to God. And you hear what he's saying about every stage. So Joshua chapter 5 and verse 13. And you see that this was the task that Joshua had. Um, share this principle here and pray alright for this. Boys, this ear that hears, this heart that is submissive, or a heart of surrender unto God, that is the way and manner in which, and God said, in this am I bringing you into a land that flows with milk and honey. How do you respond to things that happen around you? Flesh or by hearing. Now Joshua had the assignment of taking the children into the promised land. 
and he met with one of most one of the most formidable oppositions in his journey, and it was Jericho. And this was a different type of battle. The walls of Jericho were fortified. So fortified chariots could go on it. So fortified that there was nothing in their weaponry there that they could use against that wall to bring the wall down. Fortified place. And while Joshua meditated on it, and you must know that for every situation, the promise is the same, the instruction is different. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the instruction. When we confess the promises of God, we've called it our confession of faith. It's really our confession of our hope that anchors our soul, which means we are declaring it. So if you begin to, God gives you a promise concerning this ministry and you are declaring it and you are declaring it and you are declaring it, that is your hope. The anchor to your soul that is, the vision gets anchored. Your heart becomes steady on that vision. Your thoughts are now regulated. You are focused. But faith comes by hearing that instruction. In other words, faith is always manifested in action. Hope is manifested in speech. Faith is manifested in action. That's why if you read Hebrews 11, it's always action, action, action. By faith, Abel did this. By faith, Noah did that. By faith, Abraham moved. By faith, Moses moved. Action. Now, so let's take the story there of the feast and the wine had finished. If I now am in a situation where the wine has finished and I'm declaring God is my ever-present help in a time of need, I'm making declarations of my hope. He will meet me at the point of my need. He is beautiful, but that declaration of my hope. But the day my ear is opened up and I hear the commandment of God, fill the pots with water, then the rema has come for that particular situation. That action of obeying that word is that that, that faith we're talking about comes as I obey, which means I hear it and then it's manifested in obedience to that instruction there. So if you are declaring and declaring about this church, for example, growth of this church, impact of this church, your words are going out. Once you start declaring it, trials and tribulation will come for the sake of that confession. Are you following what I'm saying? Once trials and tribulation come, you can react and get offended. Or you can react and listen, and that's where the change comes. You listen to the instruction of God. How do I respond to this? And once you listen and you respond to that instruction, then what you have been confessing materializes. But if you are confessing and confessing, and then something shows up, and your reaction to what shows up is wrong, and then you continue confessing, you have, you're just like you're going around in the wilderness. You are going around in the wilderness. What was the difference between Moses and the rest of the people? Their response. Moses got to the Red Sea, instruction, Lord, lift up the rod, tell the people to go forward, they got it. They got to the place, bitter waters, instruction, Lord, cut the branch, throw it in. They got to the place, there is no water, instruction, Lord, speak to the rock, water will come out. 
Alright? They got into this place. Instruction, Lord, he will do that. So he's responding correctly to it. And when that moment comes and the pressure is there, then listen in, don't be quick to speak, listen into what the Spirit of God is saying. So Joshua was there at Jericho, and Joshua began to think, of course you understood, that I need new instructions for this particular thing. I can't use what I use by telling the, the, the Levites and 12 folks come and carry the ark, and then we sing. That can't work here. That was the instruction for the Jordan. So he was waiting for the instruction. And the Bible says that he saw a man and he lifted up his eyes and stood opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, are you for us or for adversaries? And the man said, neither. But as the captain of the commander of the army of the Lord, Abai called. And Joshua fell on his face to worship and says the pre-incarnate manifestation of Jesus and said, what does my Lord say to my servant? That's what he said. He got there and said, what does my Lord say to my servant? And then the Lord said, take off thy shoes or sandals off your foot for the place where you are standing is holy ground. In the Jewish custom, when they say you should take your sandals or shoes off, what you are really saying is to surrender your next steps to the person you've given your shoes to. In other words, you are the one going to direct my steps. In other words, I've given that power. And that's what I want to do in this meeting, in this inauguration. You take off your shoes and give it to Jesus. That the steps we're going to take we must have clear authorization from the Spirit concerning what we want to do. And he surrendered the truth. says, you are standing here on holy ground. But what did he say? Lord, speak your servant here. Now don't forget this. I know of times people don't really get this. That's why when they, when they talk about grace. Jesus, we don't confess Jesus as our Savior so that he will become our Lord. We confess him as Lord, so that he will be our Savior. The Bible says, whosoever shall confess Jesus as Lord, shall be what? Saved. So Lordship comes before salvation. You confess him as Lord, and then he saves you. So when you're in a situation, you accept his Lordship, and you see his salvation. What does Lordship mean? He said, why say ye Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? If you do what Jesus says, you will see the salvation of Jesus in unprecedented way. You don't go to Jesus and say, Jesus, save me. This is what I want. Save me. And I promise you for the rest of my life, I will serve you. Jesus, save me. I'm telling you, God, you know. It says, obey what I am saying to you. And you are going to see my salvation. So it's about surrendering your shoes. I mean, I remember once, and you go through this in ministry. Listen, when anything happens that your heart looks like it wants to sink, Jesus is at the door. He wants to open you to a new dimension. When there's any form of disappointment, don't think that. The devil has, listen, he wants to open you up. But what he wants you to say is, Lord, I'm here. 
I remember Pastor Deboy saying this. He said many years ago, many, that's many years ago when the student lecture in University of Lagos, there was this, the best camp ground, right, around, was on the old Lagos Ibano Expressway. He used to take his students there, people like Bishop Balio used to go with him, and he would go and teach them Bible study. He said, so one day, the owner of the camp came and said, you know, we really like you people, of all the people that use this camp, they are the ones we like the most. We want to sell it. And we are selling it for 100,000 naira. It's you who want to sell. He said, if you guys refuse to buy, they will sell to somebody else. They went and said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's us they like the most. So they decided, let's believe God for the money. This 100,000. So they were pacing the floor, wherever the souls of our feet touch. They said, while they were doing that, somebody else bought the property. And as they were pacing, the only new owner came and said, please, could you piss out of our property? It's over in us. Do you know the disappointment they will have felt? Do you know with his disciples, you have been teaching whatever the souls of your feet touch. Now, what are we going to do? He said, few years after that incident, God knows more than you. Few years after that incident, with no effort on their own part, they got to the new camp, the campsite where they are. The auditorium of that campsite, the first auditorium, first one that sits 40,000 at the entrance, was bigger than the campground that they were pacing for. You understand it? In other words, God saw the future. I'm saying when there's any disappointment, God says there's something bigger than what you are. Are you following there? But your response has to be right. You listen to him. I remember Pastor Ray McCauley saying when they were believing for their grounds in Rema in South Africa, there was two acres and they, every day they would come, every Sunday they would come and make the declarations for it. Make the declarations, make the declarations. Believe God, they were raising money. They saw somebody else called the land. And their hearts sank. But any time that happens, Jesus is at the door. He says, just don't bear any grudge against anybody. He is there knocking. Say, listen to my voice concerning this. They said, for the same amount of money, shortly after that, 20 acres was opened up onto them for the same amount of money. Massive space that they have been for over 30 years. Same amount. So God, you know, one day God told me something. He said, listen. He said, people talk about my ability. But they don't, they accept I'm more powerful than them. But they don't believe I know more than them. He said, and let me tell you this, it is an act of disrespect. He said, they need my ability to do things, but they won't allow me to choose what to use that ability to do. He said, when you on the earth, when you pay people, who do you pay more? The person who has more power or the person who knows more? In other words, if you say we want to carry all these things here, you pay somebody to carry those things, you, want, you, you pay much more for the person who designed it than for the person who carries, do you understand what I'm saying here? He says, they, are, they don't agree that I know more about life, but they agree I can carry loads more than them. So they decide where they are going, they ask me to do it for them. But they will not accept if anything happens in their life that I know more than them, that if your brother sold you to slavery 
and I watched it happen is because I have a plan. I know something you don't know. That at that point, you don't feel good about it, but accept that I know more about your future than you can ever think or imagine. So follow my instructions concerning what is going on. Because I can't stop men from treating you one way, but I can determine the outcome if you respond the way I want you to respond. And that's what Joshua did. He surrendered. And hearing God starts with surrendering, not trying to hear a small silver. Because if you haven't surrendered and you have heard a small silver, you will hear your mind in a small silly. Gently whisper to you, your mind. Isn't this small silly you are looking for? It will do small still. Satan will come as a small, still voice. He will whisper. But once you have surrendered, that's why Jesus said, as I hear, I judge. My judgment is just because I seek not my will. Our father Abraham, what was the promise? He said, get out of your father's house to the land I will show you, not to the land you will choose. When Lot chose the land, you know what the end was. It is what God shows you that he says he commits to. So my word here this evening here is this, and hold on to this. How you respond, how you respond, as you begin to go through, things will happen. How you respond to what happens. You will meet with different types of people. How you respond. It carries you from one place to another place, to another place. How you respond. And the principal commandment you must hold on to is the commandment of love. When Job was in trouble, how he responded to his friends determined what happened. The Bible says God turned his captivity around when he prayed for his friends. How you respond on a personal level if you are going through things. How you respond. Right? I mean, he told him, he said, take off your shoes. He says, he says, for you are standing on holy ground. Now we've all said this, and I'll close with this, and we've all said it, that when we know the promise in Deuteronomy chapter 11, 24, in Joshua 1, 3, he says, wherever the soles of your foot touch, that have I given unto me. And we say it, and walk around and say, we say, but what he was saying was much deeper than that. When he said the soles of your foot, he didn't say the soles of your shoes. He was saying, the man who allows me to take, takes off his shoes in a situation and surrenders it to me and walks where I tell him to walk and allows the sole of his foot, which is a barefooted, do you get what I'm saying here? Now I'm talking spiritually now, not that you take off your shoes and you're walking around and I say, authority, that actually instructs you to do that. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying when you toil all night and catch nothing, it's because you are wearing your shoes. Then come back to him and surrender the shoes. Then he will tell you how to do it. Launch out into the deep. Cast your net on the right hand side. And when you do that, then you get a great all because now you went out without shoes on. So somebody is in an office and is walking around the office and says, wherever the soles of my foot touch in this office, God has given to me. No. Let me tell you when the soles of your foot touch it. When they did that promotion exercise in the office and after you've put in all the work you know to put in, you are skipped. And you got angry and you heard people whispering about you. And then you went to God 
And God says, this is what I want you to do. Do this for this person. Do this for that person. Do that. I say, God is hard on my flesh. Well, that's exactly what I want you to do. At that point, you have decided now to take off your shoes and to respond to people the way. That's when the sole of your foot has touched that office for the first time. Are you following what I'm saying? And then as you look at the scripture that way, he tells you, you say, God, why did I miss it? What's happening for me? He says, didn't I tell you at the beginning? Pray for all men, for kings, for authority, for those who are in authority. He says, never. When you started working in this office, you never prayed for the boss of this office. You never prayed for your direct boss. You never made intercession. This is how you allow the enemy to come in and do all of this. He says, begin to pray now. It's your duty. He says, I'm not saying you should pray that they should promote you. I'm saying you should pray for their welfare. That you should pray. That can you see her? Sometimes she comes in or he comes in looking frustrated and God begins to reveal that that person has some problem in their marriage. That's why I planted you now the person to pray this person out of it. Do you get what I'm saying now? Now what you are now doing is you are now obeying the scripture in what? Now that's when the soles of your feet is touching the ground. If you are doing it according to your mind, then you are wearing shoes and touching the ground. Your souls have not touched anything. Alright? But when you take it off, and that's when you surrender to him. And please understand, I know what I'm talking about. When you surrender to him. In other words, this is what God is saying. You come to church on a Sunday, the entire place is full this Sunday. This is how God is. And you get home and you praise him for great growth. The next Sunday, God sees it fit to make the size half. Then he says, how do you respond? Are you following him? Then you go back and whisper. I don't think God is in that place. Uh, the Holy Ghost, now you're not responding. That reaction in the natural, go to him in prayer and he will show you something to do. Alright? He will show you. Let me tell you, anytime there's movement in your environment, it's Jesus. And when Jesus is moving, can be provocative. Jesus, you see, Jesus is the kind of person that, you know, I hope you know how he is. That you go and meet him and say, you want to bury my father? is I said, leave the dead to bury that dead. Let's go. You, you, it's not easy. It's not easy. All right? He said, we'll follow. He said, foxes have holes. Birds have nests. Well, listen. The son of man has nowhere. We can be lying down here now. It's not our home. God says, move now. Which means we are constantly in a place where we just keep moving. Keep moving. So, to walk with him, when he moves into a place, he disturbs the environment. It can get uncomfortable for you personally that what's going on. But Jesus is in the center of that thing. And as you surrender to him and understand, he will never leave nor forsake you. So he must be there with you. For he has engraven you upon the palms of his hands. And his walls are continu- the walls are continuously before him. He said, can a woman forsake the child of her womb and not have compassion on the child of her child. said she may if you stretch it said but I can never which means if you're in any situation you are sure of the love of Jesus Christ 
Don't ever come out and say, well, Jesus doesn't love me. Uh, no, no, no. You are sure. It says nothing can separate you from that love. So acknowledge that love. Alright? Rejoice in that love. And let that love manifest itself in your life by you obeying his instruction. The same way they got into that feast and wine had finished and love told them what to do for his own will to come to pass. He said, fill the pots with water and draw it out. Alright? So the love of God will give you the instructions that you should carry out. And when you respond to the situation the way you should, then the manifestation comes. A heart that is surrendered to his lordship and ears that hear. We want to inaugurate this ministry, but most importantly, we want to elevate the hearts of your pastors in the realm of the spirit by the layman of hands such that they step into a prophetic realm that they hear into the realm of the spirit and they see into the realm of the spirit. This ministry shall be characterized as the men that can hear and the men that see. In other words, you will hear the pulse of the Spirit for the people. You will hear the deep things of God. And at the same time, you will see things that kings will see and consider that that which we knew not, God told you. That which we had no knowledge of, God showed you. Hearing ears, seeing eyes, and obedient hearts. Father, in the name of Jesus, let this grace be imparted into them both. Eyes that see into the realm of the Spirit. Ears that hear what the Spirit is saying. And a heart of obedience that responds to the nudgings of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I anoint you both into this office to step into this new realm and office over communion church to stand in that apostolic office and declare things that will shape your generation and cause you to lead. This work shall grow and grow fast. This work shall multiply in your hands. Remember what we said. The challenges of growth exceed those of adversity. Press into the spirit as the increase begins to come. You will need the voice of the spirit much more in a time of growth and abundance than in the time of adversity. So press into the spirit and listen and respond to every single person and every word you hear, both negative and positive by the Holy Ghost. 
When men speak well of you, transfer the glory directly to God. When men speak ill of you, demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ in your heart. Two things must characterize this work. Goodwill unto all men and glory to God in the highest. With praise constantly on your lips and love in your heart. This ministry shall be an irresistible force in this generation that no force of darkness can stop. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I anoint both of you right now by the law of contact and transmission. There is an impartation of the Spirit into your consciousness for the fulfillment of this assignment that God has placed in your heart. I declare you shall succeed. I decree you have succeeded in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you both.